This morning's scripture reading will be read from Ezekiel chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Ezekiel chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And he said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak unto thee. And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me, and set me upon my feet, that I heard him that spake unto me. And he said unto me, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that hath rebelled against me. And they and their fathers have transgressed against me, even unto this very day. For they are, in, for they are impunent children, and, and stiff-hearted. I do send thee unto them, that thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord, And they, whether they will hear, or whether they will forbear, yet shall know, that, they, that there hath been a prophet among them. Good morning and welcome again to our worship service. We're grateful for your presence. If you are visiting, as always, we are encouraged by your presence. We invite you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you have. We're going to be looking today at Ezekiel chapter 5, or I said chapter 5, chapter 2. And before we do that, we want to certainly express appreciation to each and every person who was present for our gospel meeting last week. I thought we had a great meeting. We had a number of visitors with us and for that we are extremely grateful and we believe and trust that much and everlasting good was accomplished last week. The Memphis School of Preaching students knocked on several thousand doors and as a result of that many doors have been opened for us to teach the gospel to these people and so we want to take advantage of that. We're grateful to have Matt and his family with us today. He has done a great job leading our singing this morning and we're very thankful for him and his work and we are grateful that he is in the process right now of studying to preach and teach the gospel. Alright, today we want to look at Ezekiel chapter 2. The theme of our study today are you making a difference? Sometimes in this world, we wonder how can we, individually and even collectively, make a difference? I think about how our world has changed so dramatically over the last 20, 30, or even 40 years. And sometimes it's difficult for us as God's people to believe that we can really make a difference. And yet I'm convinced that as God's people, as followers of the Lord, that we can indeed make a difference in this world. And that difference begins in this community. What we want to do is try to make a positive impact for good in this community. And I believe that we have the power to do it. And I believe that we can make a great difference in the lives of people. I want us to look at Ezekiel chapter 2. Ezekiel was one of the great prophets of old. And he was prophesying during Judah's exile in Babylon. And in chapter 2, basically God is telling the prophet you're going to make a difference. And Ezekiel did make a difference in the lives of people. The first thing that I would call your attention to in our study 
has to do with his mission to Israel. When we talk about the mission of Ezekiel to Israel, we're emphasizing his task. And no doubt, he, like a lot of the other prophets, had a great and noble task. And so, in looking at Ezekiel chapter 2, we think, first of all, that Ezekiel was called upon to be a spokesman for the Lord. Look at verse 1. God said, Son of man, stand on your feet, and I will speak to you. Then the Spirit entered me when he spoke to me, and set me upon my feet, and I heard him, and spoke. I heard him who spoke to me, and he said to me, Son of man, I am sending you to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. For they are impudent and stubborn children. I am sending you to them. You shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God. Ezekiel was a man sent by God, and Ezekiel was a man who was to be a spokesman for God. Drop down, if you would, to verse 7. God said, you shall speak my words to them. I think about what a great need there is in our world today for people who will be spokesmen for the Lord. God sent Ezekiel to the children of Judah. He wanted this great man to be a spokesman on his behalf. The message that he was to declare was the Lord's. Jonah, you recall, was sent to Nineveh. And God said to Jonah in chapter 3 at verse 2 of his book that he was to preach the preaching that God had bidden him to preach. Haggai, who was one of the great prophets that sought to encourage the people of God to finish rebuilding the temple after having returned from Babylonian captivity. Haggai said that he was the Lord's messenger in the Lord's message. Well, that's what we need today. We need individuals who will be a messenger of the Lord. And the message that they take has as its source Jehovah God. But then there's another thing that we need to see as we contemplate the mission of Ezekiel to Israel. Not only was he a man sent by God, not only was he to be a spokesman for God, but he was to be steadfast in his service to God. Look again what God said in the long ago. Picking up in verse 5, he said, As for them, whether they hear or whether they refuse, for they are a rebellious house, yet they will know that a prophet has been among them. Verse 7, You shall speak my words to them, whether they hear or whether they refuse, for they are rebellious. I think about what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, when he charged Timothy to preach the word. He said, be instant in season and out of season. Brother Marshall Keeble used to say that we are to preach the word of God when men like it and when they do not. 
We are to preach the word of God in season and out of season. And basically that's what God is telling Ezekiel. Listen, I want you to preach my word to these people, whether they hear or whether they refuse. That's not the point. You just keep on preaching. You keep on teaching. But then there's a second thing that I want to call your attention to as we look at Ezekiel chapter 2. We think about not just the mission of Ezekiel to Israel, but I want to call your attention now to his mindset towards Israel. Think about being sent to a nation of people characterized as rebellious, impudent. The idea behind that word is someone who is rash, who maybe does things without fully comprehending or thinking through the consequences. What God is telling Ezekiel is, listen, you need to get your thinking straight. Look, if you would, at chapter 2. In order for Ezekiel to fulfill the charge given by Jehovah God, he's going to have to have the right mindset. His thinking is going to have to be right. And so, first of all, in order for that to be accomplished, Ezekiel had to be informed in order to reform. Now you just think about that. In order to bring about reform, one must be informed. You have to understand your audience. You have to understand the people to whom you're being sent. Look again at what God said. He said to Ezekiel, I'm sending you to a people, verse 4, who are impudent, who are stubborn. And then dropping down to verse 7 again. You shall speak my words to them, whether they hear or whether they refuse, for they are rebellious. Now let me just ask this question. The world in which we live, and when we characterize our society, our nation, how would you characterize it? Would you say that things are moving in a positive direction? Would you say that most people in our world today, that they genuinely believe and practice the precepts set forth in the sacred scriptures? Or would you say that our nation seems to be moving away from God? That people are not as inclined to think about spiritual things? Well, we have to know our audience. We have to know the mindset of the people. And God is telling Ezekiel the prophet, listen, you need to understand the people to whom I'm sending you. Why would Ezekiel need to know that? Well, because discouragement can set in. You see, if I understand the kind of people that I'm talking to, that I'm preaching to, that I'm trying to minister to, then I can put my faith in God and not man. You and I today, if we're going to make a difference in this world, we have to be informed in order to reform. We have to understand what this world is about. We have to understand how this world thinks and how it acts. Here's what John said in 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. The whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. I think the old King James Version says, the whole world lies in darkness. Our world is engulfed in spiritual darkness. We have to understand that when Jesus spoke to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he said, this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. And men love darkness 
more than light. You see, that's the world in which we live. People love darkness. They love what you and I might define as sin, sinful activities. And so they become enslaved to that way of life. And so God is telling Ezekiel and the long ago, you have to be informed in order to reform. But then secondly, he told Ezekiel, I want you to be faithful and not fearful. Look if, look if you would at what he says in verse 6. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them, nor be afraid of their words, though briars and scorpions, or rather briars and thorns are with you, and you dwell among scorpions. Do not be afraid of their words or dismayed by their looks, though they are a rebellious house. Two times in this one verse, God said to Ezekiel, do not be afraid. Do you remember when God commissioned Joshua, the great successor to Moses in the long ago? And you think about stepping into the shoes of the great lawgiver and leader of ancient Israel. And yet God told Joshua, do not be afraid. And God is telling Ezekiel the prophet, listen, I'm sending you to a nation that is characterized as rebellious. But I don't want you to be afraid. You and I today, we can learn from that. I think about how people in our world today and in our nation today, they frown upon those who might stand up for what we would call right. Think about how our society today looks at quote-unquote Christianity as a whole. There are a lot of people that if they had their way, they would expunge Christianity from our world. If they had their way, they would expunge the Word of God from this nation. Well, we hear the threats. We hear the taunts. But you see, as God's people, we're not going to be afraid of them. We're not going to back down. We're not going to stand down, but rather we're going to stand up and continue speaking out. Because you see, we are the servants of the Most High God. Ezekiel was a servant of the Lord. And God was telling Ezekiel the prophet, listen, I can use you as my servant to make a difference among these people. And God can use us today. But in order for him to use us, we're going to have to be faithful and not fearful. And then there's a third thing that I think we see in our lesson text. We think about the mission of Ezekiel, the mindset of the prophet. But now, I want you to think in the third place as we consider the great work of this prophet. I want you to think about his track record, the message that he proclaimed to these people. When we talk about his track record, we're talking about his activities among the children of Israel, Judah. I want to suggest that Ezekiel was an activist. Now, we hear a lot of people today talking about activists. There are some who are animal activists. In other words, they are lobbying for animals and for better treatment of animals. We hear about individuals who are activists for this or that. Well, 
Ezekiel was an activist for good. He was an activist for Almighty God. I said just a minute ago that God said to the prophet in the long ago that he could make a difference. And I really believe that Ezekiel did make a difference. But I want you to look at verse 5. Because in verse 5, there's a statement made that in my mind sums up the attitude that people would take from the ministry of this great man. We talk about his track record. We talk about his ministerial testimony to Israel. Well, here it is. Here's what God is saying to the prophet. Note, if you would, verse 5. Thus says the Lord God, as for them, whether they hear or whether they refuse, for they are a rebellious house, yet they will know that a prophet has been among them. I love that statement. Because God is saying, listen, Ezekiel, you go and you minister to these people, you labor among them, you speak my words to them, you take my divine message to these people, and when you leave, here's what they're going to know. They're going to know that a prophet of God has been among them. You're going to make a difference in their lives. Now what about us? Could it be said of us that we are making a difference? Did you know that we can be a vessel for Jehovah God? We can be a vessel for the light of God in this community? I'm convinced that God can use each of us. God can use us. God wants to use us, and God will use us. But there are two things that are needed. If God is going to use you, and if, if He's going to use me in this community for His service, number one, we're going to have to have a heart of submission. In other words, we're going to have to be submissive to the will and ways of Jehovah God. You read the book of Matthew, and you close with the book of Revelation, and you read about God emphasizing obedience to His Word. Blessed are they that do His commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and enter through the gates into the city. Revelation 22, verse 14. We have to have a heart of submission. And then secondly, we're going to have to have a heart of service. You and I, we're going to have to visualize ourselves as servants of Almighty God. Sometimes we, we think about Christianity and we ask, what's in it for us? Well, there are a lot of good things that are in it for us. When you obey the gospel of Christ, when you become a child of God, there are any number of great benefits open and extended to you. The Bible talks about how every spiritual blessing resides in Christ Jesus in Ephesians 1 verse 3. But what we need to see in ourselves is a heart of service. Think about Jesus while he was upon this earth. What did, Jesus, what did Jesus come to do? He came to what? To serve. The Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to what? But to minister, to give his life as a ransom for the many. Matthew 20, verse 28. Paul said, Have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God, counted not being on an equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of 
of a servant. Jesus came to serve. What's it going to take for us to make New Testament Christianity known in this community? What's it going to take for us to fill this building with souls? It's going to take a heart of service. God can use, can use us just as he used Ezekiel to be a vessel of light in this world. Not only did God use Ezekiel as a vessel but he used him as a voice for the law of God. God can use us. Look again, verse 7, You shall speak my words to them. Ezekiel the prophet was a voice piece for Jehovah God, for the law of God. He was declaring the law of God. Now what about us today? What about our voice? We talk about how every voice counts. During the election process, we emphasize every vote counts. Well, every voice counts. God can use us to exalt His, His Word in this community. What are some things that God can use in our lives? How can God use us as a voice for good? Well, it begins, first of all, by recognizing that we are to love Him supremely. If we truly love the Lord supremely, and I believe that Ezekiel the prophet loved the Lord, when you really love the Lord, everything else just falls into place. You see, when you love the Lord, coming to worship, engaging in the work of the church, all of that just falls into place because that's something that you want to do. Jesus talked about how we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Do you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, with every fiber of your being? When you love the Lord, then you'll be involved in His labors. Jesus talked about in John, chapter, in John chapter 6, verse 27, how we are not to labor for the food which perishes, but rather for that food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give unto us. God can use you. He can use me to make a difference in this community. But first of all, I have to love him supremely. Then I have to get involved. I have to be the kind of person who's willing to labor for his cause. The song that we sang a moment ago, I want to be a worker for the Lord. That's what the Lord needs, workers in his venue. God can use our lips. He used the lips of Ezekiel the prophet. We talk about being a voice for God, for the law of God in this community. Christianity is a taught religion. Jesus said they shall all be taught by God. You and I, we have the opportunity to make known to people the gospel of Christ. Think about those people in the first century. 
that had been scattered abroad as a result of persecution. The Bible says they went everywhere doing what? Preaching the word. Some 3,000 homes had the opportunity to hear something about the church here at Olive Branch this past week. Some 3,000 doors were knocked. They received literature. In some cases, they spoke one-on-one -on -one to a member of the church. Other cases, they said they would be willing to take a Bible correspondence course. Other cases said they'd be willing to take, or rather to sit down and engage in a one-on-one -on -one Bible study. But the idea is we're using our mouth, we're using our lips to speak a good word for Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We're trying to be evangelistic, to build up. And then finally, if we do all of that, we're going to be a light in this community. Jesus said, you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. He said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I want to ask you this question today. Are you making a difference? From a practical standpoint. Now, the Bible says of Ezekiel, when he went to these people, he said, whether they hear or whether they refuse, for they are a rebellious house, yet they will know that a prophet has been among them. Let me ask you this. At school, when you're around people at school on a regular basis, do your friends know that a Christian has been among them? God said to Ezekiel the prophet, they will know that a prophet's been among them. How are they going to know? Because Ezekiel the prophet made it known. Do they know that? When you're on the job, the people that you work with on a regular basis, do they know that a Christian has been among them? How are they going to know that? By your words, by your deeds, by your actions? By letting your light so shine before others? I mean, are they going to know this? On the ball field, baseball, football, soccer, whatever, do people know that a Christian has been among them? I think about this community. Let me tell you, we are sitting on a gold mine right here. This congregation we can be something very special. I understand that all of us as God's people, we are very special in the eyes of God. Just read 1 Peter 2.9. But we can do some great things right here. We can literally fill this building with souls, but it's going to take you and me working together, and we're going to have to make a difference in this world. People are going to have to know who we are, what we are. They're going to have to know what we stand for, what we believe, what we practice. And the only way that they can know that is if we are interacting among them. If we're talking to them, giving them information, sharing information with them, encouraging them. What about you? Are you making a difference? In every work, there's a window of opportunity that's open. At some point in time, that window of opportunity closes. Maybe another 
door of opportunity will open at a later point in time. Who knows? But let me tell you, right now, the door, the window is wide open. It is wide open. All we have to do is seize it. Help me make a difference. Let's work together and make a difference in this community. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, why not join hands with us? Why not become a member of the body of Christ? What would you need to do? Believe in Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God. Hebrews 11 says, without faith it's impossible to be well-pleasing to him. Then repent, turn from a life of sin. Jesus said, except you repent, you'll all likewise perish. And then be willing to confess his name before others, Matthew 10, 32. Be immersed in water for the remission of your sins, Acts 2, 38. God will then add you to the church, Acts 2, 47. If you live faithfully until death, God will bestow on you the crown of life. If you're unfaithful to his cause, could we pray with you and for you? God will abundantly pardon. Would you come as we stand and sing?